Nathan, I've been meaning to like talk to you about your movie pick this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you picked like a like a John Carpenter movie. Like everybody, uh, yeah, like no, a jo- yeah. John Carpenter movie. Everyone loves. Uh, oh, I didn't. I didn't pick vampires. No, no, no. You, you know what what I'm talking about. Oh no, no. I didn't. I didn't pick Village of the Damned. No, no. Come on, Nathan. The other one. Oh no! Rest assured, I did not pick the perfect, flawless Ghost of Mars. The the best Ice Cube movie, would you say? Absolutely, hundred percent. Almost as good as uh, Are We Done Yet? Almost, almost. But no, it's not that movie, Nathan. You you yeah. picked you picked uh, They Live. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, this movie is fresh. Like people love this movie. Uh, this movie is retroactively fresh. Trust me. I mean, but 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 like, what about this movie is like crazy that we can even talk about? Uh, well, there's teleporting watches. Uh, I, I, I mean, I guess. I don't know. Uh, there's also uh, a fight scene with Keith David that lasts conservatively for three hours. Yeah, I mean, long action scenes is like Michael Bay stuff. Yeah, I, yeah, but also there are skeleton aliens. Yeah, skeletons. There were skeletons and pirates of the Caribbean. Right, just the... but you can't see these skeleton aliens unless you have special sunglasses that a church makes. Oh, ma- yeah, magical sunglasses. I mean, you know, whatever. Like, it's Did I just... mention to you that the sunglasses also help you hear things, apparently? You son of a bitch, I'm in! You know when I pick up a that's when I'm under pressure now The question always comes back to me What were they thinking now? Everyone, oh! What the hell is wrong with you? Knock it off! Oh, maybe that we'll save that for next week. Maybe. Okay. All right. Anything to brighten the spotlight on that one. (laughs) This is uh, what were they thinking? It is. Uh, I'm Brendan. I'm Nathan. And, uh, you know, we usually talk about some uh, bad to uh, questionable movies every mm-hmm. week here on this podcast. Yep. yep. Uh, we are currently on the road to WrestleMania. Yes, we are. So we will, of course, be talking about a wrestling, either wrestling related or that has a wrestler in it uh, mm-hmm. movie. And then next week, of course, will be our pay-per-view discussion. Yes. <laughs> I'm just, I'm confirming with our, our standards and practices here. Is is that what we're doing? Okay. Uh, yes. The, the sponsors are on board? Okay. They okay. are. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Harris brothers are nodding at me. We're good to go. <laughs> with their armbands? <laughs> Whoa, who's that? <laughs> Nathan, you have a guest in the studio We there. do have a guest, yes. Yeah, so that, that, that ghost voice you just heard. <laughs> Uh, is none other than El Gilberto himself, a.k.a. Ryan Gilbert, oh, our, for the our intro. resident wrestling expert. <laughs> the only one. <laughs> uh, no, we've had Josh Kosabzak on here, but he's more of a comic book guy. Okay. 
Yeah, you're you're our wrestling go-to. Yeah, now, just like Jerrica is our extreme sports expert. <laughs> yes, just like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, Ryan, you you've joined us for uh, Ready to Rumble. Yeah, uh, pro wrestlers versus zombies. Yeah, backyard dogs. So when I was told it was going to be they live, just like you and probably a lot of people, they're like Nathan. What were you thinking with they live? Because I thought you were going to go with like. Body Slam, another one with Roddy Piper, or uh, uh, Slammed, that bar wrestling with uh, Zeus. But they live. Yep. Very uh, odd choice. Nope. Nope. But uh, upon rewatching, I could see why it's perfect for the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So just to get this out of the gate right away, because people right now are like screaming at their iPods. <laughs> um, this is... Uh, we understand the, the the reaction for this movie. Well, yes, because personally, I feel, uh, while I do enjoy this movie immensely, mm-hmm. I feel it gets remembered through rose-colored glasses. Yeah, exactly. Because it took a critical shit-kicking when it first came out. And brace yourselves, everyone. Despite the immensely entertaining comment, I'm going to say something that may rock this uh, this whole podcast. It's not flawless. God <laughs> damn right. No. <laughs> <laughs> that that just, just felt good. Just the premise alone has that, flaws. <laughs> oh, that felt good to get off my chest. <laughs> we we are all on the same page in that regard. 1988. Huh? No, it was 10. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. Magical time. John, yep. John Carpenter's They Live. I was two. Oh, there you go. Okay, was one or, year older, so. or maybe one, because I was late 86. So, <laughs> But yeah, Nathan, uh, tell us what They Live is all about. Well, I, I think we kind of broke it down pretty well in that opener. But, uh, for, you know, for the folks who want a good breakdown, uh, straightforward. Uh, Roddy Piper uh, plays a, a drifter. Uh, who stumbles into Los Angeles uh, looking for work uh, just because, you know, apparently this is some sort of, I don't know, is it apocalypse or not? I don't think so. I think it's supposed to be, like, modern day, but it's got that twist there, Because, well, the shanty town he lives in has a real Mad Max-type feel to it. Yeah. But... I digress. He uh, comes into town looking for work. Uh, he's got his own tools and everything. Uh, and in the course of you know getting a job and living in the aforementioned shanty town, uh, he stumbles upon a I don't know a conspiracy group or a freedom fighter group, depending on how you look at it, mm-hmm. uh, who are operating out of this uh, I guess an Episcopal church. And they're Joe Episcopal's making... church. No, Episcopal. <laughs> they're Episcopalians, um, Rastafarians, whatever you want to call them. Uh, they are making these uh, sunglasses because they know that the Earth has been stealth invaded by aliens who are uh, pushing us towards consumerism and wastefulness so as to terraform our planet slowly without any real notice on our part to match their home world. Mm-hmm. It's the perfect plan. It is, kind of, <laughs> but uh, 
unbeknownst to these aliens, uh, or maybe beknownst to them, because they do start fighting back against it, uh, these uh, freedom fighters or conspiracy theorists have developed these sunglasses that you can wear, so you can see the not only the true form of the aliens, and they look like... Um, uh, toxic waste skeletons uh, when you see their true form and you can also see all the subliminal messages they've hidden in our magazines uh, billboards even on the money uh, so as to keep driving humans towards consumerism and just wanting to own more stuff as George Carlin would say um, ultimately uh, Roddy Piper befriends uh, maybe begrudgingly, uh, Keith David. Um, after uh, a seven-hour-long fight, uh, they join forces uh, to fight against these aliens and to stop their them spreading their dis- despicable messages. Uh, also, Meg Foster's there, starring Evil Lynn. There you go. <laughs> Who um, I feel she was more animated in that movie than she was in this. Well, and I was gonna say, not to skip ahead too far, but as soon as you see her, you're just like, oh, okay, the villain. Yes, yeah. she's definitely got a very Ed Harris thing about her. <laughs> yeah, it that is goddamn evil Lynn, guys. Like, come yeah. on, <laughs> that is some that is some weird casting that uh, to cast Meg Foster as the woman that you're like. Oh, she's on board with the good guys. Like, I don't know, man. <laughs> they should have got the the lady from uh, McPain or the Running Man. Yeah, Maria Conchita Alonso. That's her. I didn't want to butcher that name. <laughs> and also the woman that is terrorized by Nicolas Cage, Offset and Onset. Okay. In Vampire's Kiss. Probably oh, yes, not Offset. Right. I'm, just, I'm starting rumors. <laughs> I don't know. He's been known to be fairly method. And, well, and, but not in like a, you know, a from Sizemore kind of way where it's not so much method as it is meth head. Correct. That is the meth head school of acting. That's different. Right. He did, uh, as of today, though, Nicolas Cage did visit his own tomb dressed all in leather. Okay. <laughs> so, just to point that out. Happy Ash Wednesday, everyone, when we're recording this. All right. So, yeah, they live. John Carpenter. I gotta say, right out of the gate, it's got nothing to do with the movie, but that fucking Studio Canal logo is so yeah. <laughs> loud. <laughs> Every time, it always catches me completely off guard. <laughs> like, I have the volume at, like, a two, and it's just like... <laughs> yeah, I think they... I believe that they got, like, their... They got the rights long afterwards. Mm-hmm. I think this was originally put out by, like, Live Entertainment... Yeah, a, fa- a fairly small, like, production company. Yeah, yeah. And it's a fairly small budget, and it was a flop at the time, like you said, critically, but also financially. Yes, yeah. I remember when this came out, watching uh, at the movies, and uh, both Siskel and Ebert essentially saying, we get what he's going for, but the execution was flawed, thumbs down. Yep. Yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of uh, two first names during the credits. Yes. Peter Jason, Keith David, Raymond Raymond Jacques, Roddy Piper, Roddy Piper. <laughs> Maybe not two first names, but I just wanted to point them out. Yeah. Rowdy Roddy Piper. <laughs> not uh, not Roddy Rowdy Harrington. No, and not Roderick Toombs. No, no. no. 
Just Roddy he, Piper. Because this was his first big thing, wasn't it? Uh, after Body Slam. I was going to say. This was his first big okay, thing. Okay, big mainstream thing. But not for <laughs> star, but his second starring role. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait a second. Hell Comes to Frogtown came out the same year. <laughs> they made three of those? I barely knew that they made one. <laughs> so yes, uh, if this is uh, to be... It we're to believe this is 1988. This mm-hmm. is uh, Bush's America, which he yeah. got from Reagan. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, I think it's I think it's supposed to be, like, right at the tail end of Reagan, because Probably I think Bush, Bush came in in early... He would have been sworn in in January 89. So, and, and this is 88, so it's probably being filmed in, like, 87. You know, yeah, this would be Reagan's America. This and is... Reagan is, and Thatcher all kind of rolled into yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, j- kudos to John Carpenter. I'm going to get this right out of the way. For what he does with the movie and the statement he's looking to make, I don't <laughs> feel that the people at the time were ready to listen to that. No, I mean, he was one of the most popular presidents at, at, while he was in power. He's he's still quite popular with a lot of uh, uh, centrists and moderates as well because with everything that's going on now and everything that went on with uh, uh, Bush Jr.'s uh, regime, everyone was like they were pining for Reagan's Republicans. And you know things are bad when you're doing that. Yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> so, so Roddy Piper, what does he do to start? He goes off to the 1988 version of going on the Job Bank website. <laughs> yeah, going down to the old unemployment office with a lovely, uh, lovely woman there to greet him. And I think it's so funny that she's just like dismissive of the fact that he worked for ten years. <laughs> Ugh, commitment. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know if you're reliable or not. Well, we'll call you if we find something. Probably about that long hair of his. <laughs> yeah, yeah, long hair. You get out. You get out of here. You hippie. <laughs> Is he wait is now but hold on though guys he said he's worked for ten years is he As counting what? like WWF and or other organizations combined as ten years because that's not working for the same company well no it's not working for the same company but it's still doing the same job oh so I, you're going with the headcanon that his character is a wrestler too I thought it was only one <laughs> well the fact that he is never named in the movie I'm gonna just assume it was Roddy Piper playing himself <laughs> fair enough uh, doesn't someone call him Kane at one point. He's credited as it's Nada. Nada, okay. Like, or which, John Nada or something like that in the script. Yeah, hmm. which is like, you know, like d- by definition is nothing. Nothing <laughs> so, or nobody, yeah. yeah the so opposite of John Everyman. <laughs> John Smith. <sighs> Here's the, uh, he just, mm, Gilbert just made a point. I, I, I hope I was, I hope that's just a coincidence because I'd, I'd hate to think that I was too dumb to catch that subtlety. <laughs> What what's that? What's that? He's the he's not the John Everyman. He's John Nada. Oh. He's John Nothing. Because he no backstory where he came from. I yeah. you would think yeah. it's like oh I was in the military for X amount of years. Now I just want to lay back. Yeah, but he does he does uh he he doesn't go well at the job bank. But he does walk out <laughs> uh, and walk right by the uh, the people that are trying to make the pile driver music video. I was I wrote that too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> where's where's Billy Graham? Yeah, where's Coco holding the girder there? Yeah. 
That's all, all I so know he, for construction he, terms. He's trying to get, he's trying to get a gig, and the the foreman tells him, "Oh, you can't. It's a union gig." Mm-hmm. And so he looks around and he notices that a lot of the guys who are working the gig are Hispanic. Now I don't. I feel that uh, it's a little racial profiling on John Nada's part, but because uh, I mean we are, if we're talking California, they have a large Hispanic population. Yeah, it's perfectly reasonable these men are employed and with the union. And it's funny because like I didn't even catch that. <laughs> yeah, because he kind of smirks and goes, "Oh, I'd like to talk to the the shop steward." Yeah, yeah. Which leads him to getting a job because oh. he doesn't want anybody making waves with the union about this job site hiring non-unionized illegals. Wow, I totally yeah. uh, missed that casual <laughs> racism. <laughs> it, it was a lot more casual back then, too. That's true. It's like Now you have to wear like pressed slacks and a button-up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be like that. If your racism is going to go out to a party, make sure it dresses up. Yeah, the co- there has to be a collar on that shirt. That's right. <laughs> that'll that'll make everything okay, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it is on this job site that he meets a very young-looking Keith David. Mm-hmm. Oh, and um, I guess he would have worked with Carpenter before this on the thing. So even younger, that was like six years before this. Apparently yeah. wrote the role for Keith David himself. Hmm. Oh, intriguing. He plays Kata. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's one point, and the dialogue in this movie can sometimes be infuriating. What? Because I actually have a note. Are they speaking words? Because there's Instead of a couple... exposition of their character. Well, it's not even that. It's like some of the stuff they say, it's like, yeah, these are words, but the order they're putting them in don't make sense to my brain. <laughs> I would chalk a little bit of it up to Roddy's inexperience as an actor. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has charisma, but he's definitely, I'll just say he has charisma. <laughs> there's There's several times where... Uh, I was like, uh, John Carpenter wrote that. And other times where I was like, they just let Roddy Piper do whatever he wanted that day. Including oh, yeah. probably the most iconic line probably in the movie. <laughs> probably. Roddy put John in the sleeper hold in the morning of the shoot. Well, you know. <laughs> Good night, Irene. <laughs> I don't know why I turned into Gilbert Godfrey there, kind of. Well, you know He's what? He's the new you, Roddy Piper. Yeah, you walk a fine line when you're doing your Roddy Piper, Gilbert Godfrey impressions. Especially <laughs> if you're doing to like Piper's Pit. If you're yeah. doing a really amped up Roddy Piper, you it's you can get. It's like when you're trying to do a Christopher Walken impression and it turns into a John Travolta impression. That's true, or vice versa. It's, it's the attack and how you do it. Yeah, it is. It really is. Wow, I was in the fanatic. And I was like, whoa, I'm in the fanatic. <laughs> so, anyhow. Um, after, you know, after work is done for the day, uh, Keith David tells Roddy Piper, if you're looking for a place to stay, I know a place over, uh, I can't remember where it was at. Uh, I think he he took uh, he, he took Vine over to Vincente, he took a left down. <laughs> Because they're from California. (laughs) And then you end up at the homeless village. And he got there, and they were like, what are you doing here? (laughs) Um, Stuart! Stuart! Uh, They 
this is where things kind of like is this supposed to be apocalyptic for me <laughs> because there's a lot of things about that shanty town that feel very uh you know after some sort of crash or fall mm-hmm. because I, people are living at, like there's easy chairs fairly nice looking easy chairs outside people are watching tv hook up to electricity and cable outside <laughs> yeah i mean their their situation despite it being outside it doesn't it's not that bad no <laughs> they get meals they ha- they have enter- entertainment they have nice comfortable chairs oh we failed to mention the uh, the blind street preacher from earlier Oh yeah, he's yeah. he's gonna factor in here in a little bit, so we can't uh, can't run past that. One of the most inexplicable scenes with him later. Yeah. yeah. Um, while uh, the folks are sitting around watching um, TV, uh, there's a very Max Headroom style hack uh, on the channel that they're watching, mm-hmm. uh, where there's a guy who's uh, spouting off his conspiracy theories about aliens and people being sheep and whatnot live action version of dr marvin monroe yeah pretty much hiya (laughs) (laughs) the aliens are taking over yeah and there's a couple of times where um this happens and and during one of the scenes roddy's watching or listening to the tv and he happens to notice the uh, blind street preacher is is just lip syncing. Yeah, to the radio. Yeah, that I didn't understand that. <laughs> I didn't get that either. No, because I was like, oh, uh, see, when I watched this for the podcast, I hadn't seen this in quite a while, like five so, years or so. Yeah, like ye- <laughs> like quite a few years. Yeah, and I was like, oh, is the twist that he's like channeling through that guy? Like, it's like, oh, I don't remember. I didn't remember that part. <laughs> nope, nope. It, he just knows exactly what he's gonna say. <laughs> yep. At the same, like he, like amazing timing for a blind man. I'm just gonna say. Oh yeah, it's mm-hmm. spot on, spot yep. on. And it, it, again, it it's one of those things where it's like, I, I'm not sure what's going on here. That's kind of a weird choice for this movie, which again leads me to say this movie is perfect for our show. <laughs> it, it's almost almost feels like something that was like. A part of a bigger idea, and then they just left like that one shot still in the movie. And they, yeah, they dropped it or something. And then it's like, mm, okay, an oddity. Let's just move on, I guess. I, it wasn't Golga <laughs> or Luna Vachon. Was it Kurgan? Possibly. Or Gi- we Giant got Zola. that wrestling reference in. Boom! Wow. So was, so hard to do. I was gonna say if it didn't happen in this episode. <laughs> um. <laughs> Also, so, thank you, Ryan, for being the only person in probably 20 years to say Giant Silva. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, this is where Roddy puts on his de- detective cap and starts mm-hmm. detecting. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of starts to notice there's a lot of activity uh, at the Episcopal Church across the way. Yep. Uh, and heads on over to check it out. And he finds... Um, uh, some sweet Ray Bans, uh, so automatically he thinks, okay, they're making counterfeit sunglasses. Uh, there's, as a there's graffiti scrawled on it says, "They live, they live we, we sleep." sleep. There's yeah. a there's a there's a dick hole in the wall, a la Porky's. Right. Good thing he didn't get one in the eye. Yeah. Um. So he can hear the the conversation that's happening upstairs. Um. 
about these guys talking about shipping out product and getting it on the streets. So automatically, he you can tell he thinks they're into the drugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, but that's not the case. No, we are being thrown for a loop. It should, we should mention too. Uh, um, I don't know if Ryan said this before, after we went on the air or before, but the first thirty minutes of this movie are kind of meandering, mm-hmm. just a bit. Like it's kind of a sluggish pace. <laughs> that sometimes that eh, maybe they could just like chop off this to explore this character differently. Like yeah. your own writer in your mind as you're watching the movie, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I get I get the idea of build up, but it does take a little while to get to where it's going. Yeah. Um, so, what happens next? I have... Oh, um, the it, there's a bit here where Keith David says the line, I'm walking a white line here, man. Yeah. And, and, and um, Roddy Piper replies with, you know, it's the most dangerous place to drive. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but, but he's walking it. <laughs> he's and not... that's the part where the cars aren't supposed to drive. I mean, it's not the safest part of the road. That but would it's... be a Roddy Piper improv. <laughs> yeah, it would have to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Keith David is like, no, 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 I ain't, get ca- I ain't getting caught up in this. Like, I've got a job. I've got food. I'm not messing this up. I'm not investigating anyone. Yeah. I don't want to be part of the plot whatsoever. I don't None want to was... die. <laughs> yeah. Leave me out of the movie. <laughs> um, And... <sighs> Okay, apparently the L.A. Police Department has a department, at least in this uh, universe, that is the Scientific Investigation Unit, mm-hmm. also known as Forensics. People <laughs> usually just call them Forensics. The, the SIU, yeah. Yeah. So they show up and they start busting heads and they're taking the whole uh, Occupy Wall Street clearing out of the, the encampment and whatnot. Oh. Yeah, it's a pretty brutal, like, clearing out an assault. But I do have to ask, I mean, I'm surprised they didn't take the Bad Boys 2 approach. First, you send in the cats and iguanas. <laughs> right. <laughs> then you attack. Well, they didn't have they didn't have to stir up motion detectors. Right. Well, I'm surprised, because <laughs> their digs were pretty good. Yeah. Um, so... While this is happening, um, the the folks who were in charge of making these sweet Ray Bans that you can, you know, see these aliens with, uh, they start booking it, and a few of them get um, uh, captured or roughed up, including the uh, the blind preacher, who starts, uh, you know, quoting scripture, and he said, "I shall not fear the the rod and the staff." And then the cops, yeah, the cops just rod and the staff right the hell out of him. Yeah, it's 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 it is nice to see a kind of an antiquated idea like this, though, because like I I like that it's good that stuff like this never happens anymore, right, guys? No. Yeah. No. Never. No. It's just it's just great that we have equality across the board with yeah. classes and race. Nobody has what to, a time capsule. Yeah. Nope. Nobody has to take a knee at football games to no. protest that sort of thing. Nothing like that ever happens. Mm. Um. Moving on. Uh. <laughs> Roddy Piper saves a, a kid. I hope his name was Cat. Um. <laughs> his name was what? Cat. So he could literally save the cat. Oh, yes. He's the hero. <laughs> right. Um, no, it's not quite a Mr. Nanny moment, but it's pretty close. <laughs> yeah. Um, but 
in the meantime, while doing that, he also comes into possession of a whole box full of these totally sweet sunglasses. Mm-hmm. And uh, while he's on the run uh, uh, from the cops, takes a pair and he keeps them with him. But he decides, I'm going to hide these for safety. Uh, where, pray tell, did he hide these sunglasses, fellas? Where did he put them? I don't even... Did he put them on it his pants? It was in the trash. In, in a trash can. Oh, right, 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 right. Because, you know, they don't collect those sort of things. <laughs> yeah, he just... Well, I think... And I think the idea, though, at first is he's like, oh, these are just sunglasses. Like, they're not anything special. Because he doesn't know what they do at the time, right? Yeah. But yeah, he does, yeah. He stashes them at a place where they will be taken away eventually. <laughs> and uh, so... He... <laughs> These um, these sunglasses, uh, when you put them on, uh, mm-hmm. they let you see a different version of the same matte painting you're looking at. Oh, I and thought they like, just make you see hipster posters everywhere. You, you know, you see these hipster, but the, it's they're uh, matte paintings of hipster posters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they And are. then when you put them on, you see another matte painting, but in place of the hipster posters, it says things like obey, consume, uh, reproduce. Oh, black and white man. Can you right. get it, man? Yeah, do you get it? <laughs> I, I do like the one that says marry and reproduce. That was my yeah. favorite one. <laughs> to which I re- replied or noted, come on, on everything? <laughs> I, I fail to believe that people in and of themselves would just, wouldn't be creating and putting out their own ads without any of the subliminal messages. It, that, yeah, that is that is kind of crazy. It's even on the money. Yeah, it, 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 and, then, and then one of the money is like, this is, this is god. your god. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he see so yeah, and he sees some people that are fine, and some people uh, look like hideous skeleton things. Yes, which and I like the makeup a lot. Oh, they yeah, they they did a really good job uh, with that because part of it is is prosthetics, and others just like suit, and another part is actual makeup mm-hmm. uh you get some of the i don't know some of the better lines when you're watching it uh like let tv teach you <laughs> which is what they want because you know they live while we sleep mm-hmm. um i did notice that whenever he put the sunglasses on uh everybody who was an alien has just the worst worst fake hair <laughs> and so i had to note uh donald trump is their invader zim oh shit <laughs> so wait what you're suggesting is that trump is masterminding a they live scenario right now no what i'm saying is that he's part of it okay. um and through sheer luck and bumbling has managed to fail upward enough to gain the highest office in the land. Oh, and initially, so the- he was sent away uh, to run away on reality TV out of the ways of people because he was too dumb, like Invader <laughs> Zim was. They sent him away from the planet because he was like a nuisance that they didn't want to deal with anymore. This is so- a great pitch for a sequel. <laughs> So it's that Breitbart guy that's running things. I, I guess. <laughs> also, yeah, a good idea, Ryan. John Carpenter, get on it. What's John Carpenter's doing? Invader Zim. There we go. He, he's, he's, I'm sure he wants nothing to do with making movies anymore, but please, 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 please. Wouldn't it be a great twist if like, it turned out that there weren't aliens and Piper was just discriminating against people that had facial deformities? 
Oh, he that just would... really hated yuppies. <laughs> no <laughs> tagline of the movie: uh, "No fuggos." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sam. Oh, <laughs> um, so this they really start exploring the space mm-hmm. with what can they what can be done with these sunglasses right here mm-hmm. because uh, there are like surveillance spots. Flying around? Yeah. How do they hide that? I mean, yeah, because I, I'll, I'll take it that, like, they can disguise themselves as humans, mm-hmm. but they also have, like, invisible things, too? Yes. Like, there's these, these like, almost like, they look, um, they look like Cambot from yeah. Mystery Science Theater. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, they're just everywhere. And that's not the most ridiculous part. The most ridiculous part is when Roddy Piper's looking around, uh, and he happens to notice that there are invisible loudspeakers mm-hmm. at the tops of uh, traffic lights. Now, these are sunglasses. Uh-huh. They go on your eyes. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. There's no audio component to them. Okay. They are not hearing aids in any way, shape, or form. Okay. Thanks to these sunglasses that go on his eyes yes. to help him see things, he can hear the messages being put out by these loudspeakers. What the fuck was that? Right? <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, that took me that, that took me back a little bit. Yeah, it's they actually. There's another fun line in this. Someone says it's morning in America, uh, which was one of the things that Reagan ran with it was in like a lot of his election campaign stuff uh you know being the resurgence of america and greatness get out there and contribute to the economy and buy 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 so i thought it was really funny that they actually mentioned that uh as some of the lines in the movie yeah i feel like john carpenter didn't vote for reagan no i don't feel he did either (laughs) um and this is where uh, oh, oh! Roddy's character takes a sharp left turn. Yeah, it's so jarring <laughs> because he was really kind of subdued mm-hmm. and uh, low key, wanting to fly under yeah, the radar. Like, There's our boy Gilbert. Yeah, very, very subdued. Yeah, <laughs> and then, uh, and then not so much. Yeah, it, he, he just starts. Go like, ahead. He just starts. He just starts body shaming people. He just starts dealing on like the aliens, like this old lady alien who's supposed to be like this rich yeah. dowerist, and he's like, "Your face looks like cheese dip that was 1957 that was left out too long or something like that." Well, this is a fine. How do you do? The the formaldehyde face yeah. one was actually the one that stuck with me the most. Um. Also, Roddy Piper, don't give up your position so easily. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Look, there's aliens over there! Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, he does. He pulls a real Patrick Swayze here. Like, stop giving up your position of, of advantage over all everything. All it does, it's, it does two things. One, it makes the people that you want to listen think you're a goddamn lunatic. Mm-hmm. And two, lets the people that you're trying to dime out on know that you can see them. As they go talking their Rolex watches. <laughs> also... Also, can nobody else see them talking into their watches? I don't think that's a thing. I think they that that's just like they're gonna men in black those people mm-hmm. if 
uh, that's the case. Yeah, because I'm like, okay, but it would still be weird if to see a bunch of people just look at their watches and be like, he knows. Yeah, he white Caucasian male wearing glasses. Yeah, that's why we all have Fitbits now. <laughs> it's all coming true, man. <laughs> why should we diss in this movie? You, you know what? You smart watches. Just gonna say. Yeah, they knew. No, they they live. They live. <laughs> While we sleep. <laughs> I wrote the title down wrong. <laughs> um, yeah. I also have the, the possible sequels stuck in my mind. Uh, they learn. <laughs> and they they love. They love, yep. <laughs> they, they like. <laughs> they share. Um, so, after all this, he books it out of the bodega that he was in. Uh, where he's foolishly given up his advantage, uh, and then he's accosted by uh, some police officers who and are also he aliens. Murders them <laughs> after you delivering look exactly a fan- you already you. <laughs> Yeah, after delivering a fantastic clothesline. That was yes. his first physicality in the movie. Is a clothesline. Yeah, <laughs> that's why he's a wrestler. His backstory is a wrestler. Yeah. So uh, basically. After we've meandered through the first portion of this movie and him finding out what's going on, this movie now takes a hard shift and becomes falling down meets alien nation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the movie or the TV show? TV, uh, the movie. Okay. Yeah. It's almost like halfway through or like 30 minutes into production, somebody was like, hey, John, I dare you to make the rest of the movie just a total crazy B movie. <laughs> and he was like, done. Done. Challenge accepted. <laughs> I wonder if it's in the original short story, too. A seven-minute-long scene of fighting. Oh. <laughs> Seven minutes of the eight-minute short story, just the fight scene. Yeah. After uh, straight murdering two cops, mm-hmm. regardless of the fact that they're aliens and he was doing it to help save humanity. Yeah, regardless of that. And if somebody saw him do that... Whether they're an alien or a human, they're going to be like, holy shit, it's a fucking murderer. (laughs) And that murderer then proceeds to take their service weapons and the shotgun in their police cruiser. And goes into a bank. Which is what you do when you're heavily armed, right? (laughs) Yeah. But he does say the greatest line in cinema history. Oh, but it is not remembered the same way as everybody else says it. But if you have a clip, Please do play it right here. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. That's how it was delivered. It wasn't some big bravado, shouty, yeah, you cutting a promo it's, thing. Yeah, like you're hanging out with friends, talking about movies while drinking, and people are just like, oh yeah, that bubblegum line. Come to kick ass and chew bubblegum, and I'm all out of bubblegum. And then it ends with, yeah! (laughs) Well, can you imagine that was improv, that whole line? Yes, I can imagine that. I can 100% imagine that. Oh, yeah, confirmed. I'm pretty sure confirmed that it was improv Yeah. Um, So, he uh, murders a security guard. And several other people in the bank. And two other aliens (laughs) looking like people. Which, to other people, just looks like he murdered a bunch of women and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Just random middle-aged dudes. Um, this is great. Uh, somebody's trying to dime him out with their watch. And uh, he says, Mama don't like tattletales. So is he, is he Mama? 
Yeah. I mean, he's, he's Big Mama, and this is his house. Oh, okay. Fair. That makes sense. That makes <laughs> No, it doesn't. Not at all. <laughs> and it's at this point where I wrote, you can tell Carpenter's line uh, lines from uh, Piper's ad-libs. Oh, it's night and day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. And, like, I mean, 1988, Roddy Piper was, like, pretty, like, hot shit, right? Uh, for the, well, yeah, for the In most part. In terms of the world of wrestling... Yes, he like everyone was, knew, knew who he was. Yeah, it was, him and Andre were like the number one heels at the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, '88, he he had already turned face because that was during the time where he was away. He for was a couple le- years. leaving. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was after WrestleMania three. That's where John Carpenter met him. Oh yeah, like life had it's like all over Roddy Piper's face. Oh. And I think it's like he was in that WrestleMania three match with Adrian Adonis yeah. and Beefcake. What if Carpenter went to one of those two and had that same opinion? <laughs> Oh, jeez. Oh, Adrian Adonis in this movie. Who? <laughs> I'm pretty sure Peepcake would have just been like, just give it to Hogan. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> He's my best he, friend, Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Hey, guys, yeah, he, have you have you met my best friend? His name is Hulk Hogan. He's my best friend. We hang out all the time. He is the Chester of that pairing, <laughs> that's for sure. We're buddies, ain't we, Spike? We, ain't we? Ain't we? Yeah, sure, brother. One of the few times I've heard that someone stopped being friends with someone because they kept saying that they're friends. <laughs> Um. So, Roddy, he's got to make his getaway, mm-hmm. right? Because he has shot up a bank and killed two police officers as well as several civilians. Yeah, he might so, be wanted. He might be. Uh, so he's got to make a getaway. Uh, and and who's there? Uh, to carjack. Uh, out of plot convenience, uh, none other than Evil Lynn herself, Meg Foster, ladies and gentlemen. Only one year after Masters of the Universe. Yep. I, I again, I feel she was more animated in that than she was in this. I don't just feel like they don't really give her a lot to do in this. No, uh, and, but I mean, her kind of non-reaction or maybe underreaction, like a Shang Yun from Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she's like, oh, I don't hurt me or do anything i'm i'm being carjacked oh no everything's okay <laughs> right wait, wait are you wait ryan are you saying that evil lynn showed up for this audition in a catwoman suit <laughs> no she obviously showed up in her evil lynn outfit i hope so that's <laughs> why so carpenter was like hire her yep. <laughs> yeah he didn't she go gets it she gets it a blandness <laughs> they take her vehicle mm-hmm. uh to her place because, man, uh, the exchange between the two of them while they're driving, uh, where she's like, he asks her, you know, uh, are you married? And she hastily answers yes. And he said, please don't lie to me. <laughs> like, he, his, this exchange is Carpenter. It's yeah. pure Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Because it, the, the dialogue is, is kind of subdued. Yeah. The delivery is good, so that means John Carpenter was awake when it happened. <laughs> well, yeah, and, it's so wild like, that you can tell, like, when he just goes off the rails. Yeah, yeah. Um, or doing rails. <laughs> well, possibly that, too. Yeah, I, I have no doubt in my, my, my mind. <laughs> R.I.P., but I mean, come on. <laughs> right. It was the 80s, and he was into professional wrestling, so. Exactly. Um, oh, and they... Go oh, ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to mention that when they go to her home, um, what was up with the neighbor that never really came back into it? Oh, yeah, that was weird. Were just they, to say, like, hey, Holly, it's it was the a character's gay, name. It, it was a gay couple, right? 
I, uh, that's I'm what guessing, I got. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, I was like, what, what kind of subtle thing are we trying to say here? I don't really understand it. And uh, one of them seemed a little catty. I'm not just gonna put that there. <laughs> well, and I thought, I thought what was gonna happen was they were gonna be the ones to like report it. Yeah. But they it never really factors into anything. No. Maybe John Carpenter is like, yeah, fighting against stereotypes. I, I, I wonder if there's like a you know a four hour cut of this movie. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> where all of these things are explored. <laughs> I hope so. Twenty minute uh, long fight scene, you say? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they go into her place, and she like starts antagonizing him. Mm-hmm. He's he's your armed hostage taker you don't antagonize somebody who is not only armed taking you hostage but has also said things that might make you think hmm he's unstable i know this isn't the first time you guys watched this like for the podcast or whatever but did you guys think when you first saw this that like the twist might have been because he sees her face like he sees her regular face but that she's also somehow also an alien just because of her non-reactions and everything well not necessarily that she was uh, an alien, but I did, like, as you as we said, I don't know earlier. Um, she's got a very oh, she's a villain, yeah, feel to her. Uh, so, I mean, like like I said earlier about like oh, come on, it's on everything. There's no way, but there's also the idea that people are in the mix on this too. So I was like, she's probably going to double cross him. Yep. And And, Roddy Piper has double crossed enough people that he shouldn't fall for it. Right. Mm -hmm. He should have saw it coming a mile away. Yeah. Um, and to the, to the point where we don't have to wait too long. I know I, I get it. The way it's presented here is done as almost like it's for self defense, but she throws him out a window. Yeah. Like, Surprise later that he did not die, right? <laughs> like, it's he not even just like a tumble. <laughs> yeah, throws him like through the glass down the hill. Calls the police and he, and like when she's calling the police, I mean that's when I'm like, yeah, she's totally the villain because she's just like it's almost like she's calling someone that she already knows because she's like, yes, I'm fine, I'm fine. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't know, I I don't know if we're supposed to already know. Like I don't it, I don't think we are because no. it's almost too obvious at that point when she makes the phone call yeah i don't know and so after that i mean after all this has happened um he is now a wanted criminal his face is on the tv as they say using his old 1986 wwf promo picture right (laughs) yes that looks nothing looks nothing like him he currently does yeah they're talking about him all over the place what do you do well let's go back to the work site I'm going to blend right in. going to blend right in, and I'm going to try to convince that guy that I met for a day. Who doesn't want to be a part of my life. To join forces with me. Yeah, my good buddy Keith David. <laughs> right. Can't we all say that, though? To, to which Keith David tries to shoo him away, just short of going, Go on, scat! Get out of here! Go! <laughs> get! It's it's a regular John Lithgow, uh, Harry and the Hendersons moment. It, yes! <laughs> He st- he just he slaps Piper across the face. I don't want you here. <laughs> Get out of here! Can't you see we don't want you anymore? Why can't you go back where you came from? Now leave us alone! 
tear, single tear comes down his cheek. <laughs> uh. Uh, then he straps on like footprints uh, that he has made of casts of Roddy Piper to throw off the authorities. And storm, stomps through the forests of California, making his Roddy Roddy Piper calls. Yes. How, how, we're coming up with so many good movie ideas. Um, so Roddy goes back. He figures, I need to prove this. So he goes back uh, to where he put the fucking glasses in the garbage. What do you know? It's garbage day. Yeah. Garbage day. When he opens it, and he's, like, surprised that they're not there. And I'm like, yeah, it's the garbage. It's the municipal garbage. They pick it up and take it to landfills. It's all part of big garbage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're they're in on it. Right. Sanitation engineering. Yes. Um, So he climbs into the back of the trash can. Yeah. Pretty clean looking too for the eighties in LA. Just boxes, damn boxes yeah. all over the place. Yeah. yeah. The eighties in Los Angeles, not a time where I would just blindly dive into the dumpster. Yeah. You you get a handful of hypodermics doing that. Yeah, no thank you. You can just prick yourself with the antidote eventually. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> Oh, these these cancel out. <laughs> so while he's rooting around in the back of the garbage truck looking for the glasses, why did the garbage <laughs> truck lift the back? So we I, could say, oh, no. Why did they dump the garbage back onto the ground? Yeah. In the middle of the fucking alley. Because uh, he was trying to open it up as a distraction to get in. And then start driving away. Were there no sensors on this thing? So it clearly picks up the garbage. Mm-hmm. And then just dumps it on the ground and drives off. Yeah. Like, you know, like garbage trucks do. Yeah. Budget sparks fly. Yeah. <laughs> Bu- budget cuts, guys. Budget cuts. <laughs> yeah, we have enough money for you to pick it up. We just don't have enough money for you to drive it to the landfill. So just throw it in the back out of some sort of sense of custom and then dump it all in the immediately same place where you picked it up. You gotta clock those hours, guys. <laughs> right. It's a union thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, and this and, and follow, this follows um, the greatest scene in cinema history. <laughs> oh my god. It's interesting to watch because it's been so memefied. Like, that, that this in the bubblegum line... Yeah, rewatching it, I think the best part was like right towards the end, and it was just a little bit. I don't know if it was improv or just like an outtake. That laugh that Piper gives after Keith David puts the bottle in his car after Piper put a two by far in uh, Keith David's car. Yeah, like that exchange. Yeah. Also, Keith David has a car. Yeah. Like, wasn't he just like homeless just like two minutes ago? Rage. He was. In fact, when we first meet him, they walk. To the shanty town. Yeah, <laughs> I don't understand that. Like, I live here, but I'm not keeping my car here. <laughs> I guess he's been saving his paychecks. I guess. Uh, but yes, this is just one of the most mm-hmm. infamous fight scenes in movie history. Yeah, Roddy Piper's trying to get him to put the glasses on so he can prove to him. And Keith David's like, no, fuck off, you crazy psycho. <laughs> 
And you know what? I, clearly, Keith David has not dealt with lunatics. When they ask you to do something simple, just just do it. Just put the glasses on and he'll put him. the glasses on and maybe be done just with prove him wrong. Right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but there's some there's some pretty good. I wrote down a couple of good wrestling maneuvers here. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's, yeah, a, yeah. there's a hell of a springboard belly to back suplex. Mm-hmm. A nice and board buster. Yeah, uh, he gives him a, a, a gut wrench at one point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I, th- I believe it is legitimately six minutes long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, I think Carpenter has said, I think I fell asleep while we were filming that. Keep it all in. <laughs> yeah. Just keep it all. That's, that's the Brent rule of, uh, filmmaking. <laughs> just leave it all in. Leave it all in. Fuck it. I've heard, I've heard it was supposed to be an homage to a John Wayne movie, The Quiet Man, where he has that long fight in Ireland. Yeah, but that movie, uh, that fight scene Mm -hmm. in that movie Mm -hmm. serves a a, a plot purpose Mm -hmm. because you've gone the entire movie where he is refusing to get into a fight with anybody. Yeah. He's a retired boxer. He doesn't want to, he's hung up the gloves. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want to ever fight again. And he's kind of made to. And that's why the fight goes on as long as it mm-hmm. does, because you've been waiting for that fight the mm-hmm. entire movie. Yeah. I also heard the wild story behind this is that they start off kind of like staging their fight scene. Eventually, they get a little, little too stiff with each other, and then it just turned into a real fight for a while. Oh, really? Yeah. And then, the, and then by the end of it, they were just kind of like laughing it off. But yeah, for some of these punches are like real, and some of the blood is real. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say this. Why, why did he expect some sort of Marcus of Queensbury rules in this fight? Because at one point, Roddy Piper tries to send old Keith David to Dick Kick City yeah. Yeah. and says, You dirty motherfucker. It's a street fight. But eventually Keith David gets in and he starts knee him into the groin at the end. <laughs> yep. Oh, he's just like crashing down with knees like repeated knees to the crotch and what i want really really want to know is why wasn't this booked for SummerSlam (laughs) instead of hogan versus zeus i would have paid a ticket to see roddy piper fight keith david in a wwf ring you know what sunglasses they (laughs) sunglasses sunglasses on a pole bro (laughs) <laughs> he wasn't working for the company then. <laughs> that that's how he was inspired. <laughs> Wait, Keith David could have just taken the Zeus gimmick. No. 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 Oh, they would have been he, so good. He's better than that. Yes. <laughs> oh. Although I wouldn't have put it past them to to use his character's name as the wrestler name. <laughs> <laughs> like they did for Zeus. Yeah. Because Hulk Hogan versus Tiny Lister, Tiny Lister doesn't, or even Tom Lister, doesn't yeah. uh, doesn't hold up. It's about as intimidating as Matthew McConaughey's name being Walter, <laughs> right? <laughs> the Dark Tower, <laughs> the Dark Tower, though uh, the, the the Dark Man. Who's that? Walter. <laughs> it's like someone's grandfather. Yeah. So this fight scene, it lasts for the better part of a decade. Uh-huh. And it one of the parting shots Gilbert mentioned earlier, Roddy Piper picks up a 2x4 and takes a swing, a la Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Misses Keith David and shatters the back window of his car and goes, oh man, I'm really sorry about that. 
Keith David grabs a beer bottle and goes to break it, so he's gonna like make a, a, a an impromptu knife to fight him with, but it breaks so cleanly that there's no jagged portion, and Roddy Piper laughs at it. Gilbert says he thinks it was an outtake that was left in. I think it fits this movie just perfect if that was the legit reaction. reaction to it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think both theories hold hold weight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, he finally convinces him, right? He's like, but he finally puts the glasses on Keith David, and he's like, "Oh shit, you were right. We could have avoided this entire fight where we just kicked each other's asses." Yeah. Ow. Ow. <laughs> he said, "Yeah, something along the lines of life's a bitch and yeah. it's back in heat." <laughs> That makes um, it all better. <laughs> Roddy Piper does mention something later. So they're they're kind of having like a heart-to-heart later. Mm-hmm. And yep. Piper says something about uh, the power and the glory. And I was like, what does Paul Roma and Hercules have to do with this? <laughs> they're going to come save the day. I oh. actually have uh, uh, Christ through a whooping. <laughs> Found Christ through a whooping. <laughs> That's a great line. There you go. Uh, and yeah, so what, what does it happen? So they're, they're kind of holed up at this point, right? And mm-hmm. they meet up with um, one of the dudes from earlier organizing, like, the church people. Yes, and that's where we kind of get, he gets, he spells it all out. Yeah. About how the aliens are using, you know, consumerism and wastefulness and greed to terraform our planet to match their planet. And this, is, I wrote down, this is what the people who believe in, like, lizard people actually believe. Yes, mm. 100%. Yeah, this is not, this is a documentary. (laughs) (laughs) Shot through their eyes. Uh Their sunglasses. (laughs) Because they live while we sleep. Oh, shit, it's all coming together. All right, that's why we all have smartwatches. (laughs) I'm going to carefully glance around every corner now today. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, and, and I think this is when they go to this big meeting... Um, of all the like freedom fighters, yes. and we find out they have like now they have co- they've made contact lenses, and I wrote down, hmm, I would die because <laughs> the technology to be able to hear things would really mess up your eyes. I think yeah. you can hear through your eyes with oh, these things. You're so loud, my eyes are bleeding. <laughs> now I'm one of them. Yeah, one of us. One of us. All right, let's let's not handle that movie at another date. Freaks. That's a good. I don't know if we. I, I, that's a really. That's a legitimate good, great movie. How about you revisit it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I guess maybe. Right. Anyhow, moving on. Okay. Um. <laughs> uh, at this meeting, mm-hmm. uh, Meg Foster shows up. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, okay, Evil Lynn's here to to. Tell the aliens that they're there. <laughs> yeah. And her. Oh, oh, yeah. And how did you like her reaction to seeing that Piper was okay? <laughs> I, I. More over the. Uh, why Roddy Piper would even trust her to begin with because she tried to kill him. Mm-hmm. In self defense. And she has no problem whatsoever about being there with the person who hijacked her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the, the meaning is short lived. Uh, because I don't know if it was the scientific investigation unit again. Could have been the uh, SIU. But uh, the authorities show up and... St- yeah, exactly. They show up and start raiding the place. Um, 
to which I wrote, man, I want this on the rails shooter. Like, just even if it's just a <laughs> mini game. Last yeah, act, yeah. Just, like a $5 game on the PSN store. I would love to play that. It could have been a Sega CD game. There you go. Yeah, yeah there could have been. It could have been like uh, just just as good as that ET game. Yeah, <laughs> they live where you just keep falling into a pit. <laughs> um, and uh, was this the one? Yes, where they they managed to get a watch, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. But it's broken. Yeah, because they're being shot at, and mm-hmm. um, they have one of the watches, and he like. Yeah, it's like freaking out, but it makes like a little tunnel for them to jump into. Yeah, a yes. little warp zone. Yeah, well, exactly. They got the magic, uh, the the flute. <laughs> right. And they jump in and end up in the hallway from the movie Us. <laughs> yes! Thank you! Thank you! I have that! The Us tunnels. Yeah. Also, it's not that far-fetched to think that Jordan Peele wouldn't have been inspired by this. Oh, not in the least, <laughs> No. Which is um, pretty cool, yeah. I did find it fun that uh, the device that they're using, that the aliens are using to try to find them, is a PKE meter from Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote that down, too. <laughs> Bill Murray just shows up with a bunch of sunglasses for everyone. Guys, yeah, just go ahead and take these guys. Yeah, yeah, go get this going for me. It's a pretty nice, they're pretty nice sunglasses. Uh, come, come see Groundhog, uh, Groundhog Day. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, there's so much going on there. <laughs> so he's he's his character from Caddyshack as the go- but in the Ghostbusters, but also playing himself, promoting Groundhog Day. Yeah. He's cosplaying as Peter Bateman. Oh shit. I just expected him to show up and be like, let's teach, let's show this bitch how we do things downtown. Downtown. <laughs> um, and it's at this point where the drunkard drifter from before, mm-hmm. sitting in the easy chair, watching the TV at the shanty town, shows up, quaffed. And in a suit, revealing that he is sold out to the aliens. Is that when did that, that happen? Wa- yes. I, I, I thought it was the construction boss. No. Oh. There's, a, there's a shot of him when they got raided in Shantytown being backed up. I'm going to guess, like, off camera, it's just like, I'll do whatever you say. And just go from there. But here's the thing. Why, why would that happen, though? Like, if he still thinks they're cops and goes, I'll, I'll do whatever you say, they just arrest him and release him without charges. Yeah. He goes back to his shanty town, and they don't have to give him a three-piece suit or the teleporting watch. <laughs> they needed a rube to dress up in a tuxedo to explain things about aliens. It good do- use of the word rube. It does make me think that, like, I think that's what happened with Donald Trump. <laughs> Oh my god! Because he declared bankruptcy in the 80s after divorcing Ivana. He was captured by the nuclear skeleton aliens and promised a better life if he was on board with their agenda. That explains WrestleMania 4 and 5 being at the Trump Plaza. <laughs> and that's why he's such a, like, a cartoonish evil rich guy. Right. And that's why oh all the gold that's yeah. that's meant to uh, to reflect the the beams so you can't tell the people that he's surrounding himself with are skeleton aliens. Oh shit! We're breaking this down. I don't know Oof. if I can post this one. <laughs> yeah, the the Illuminati will definitely come and get us. Uh, so yeah, and at this point, yeah, the the guy is all all 
gussied up and they're they're just rampaging through the TV studio because that's where they're yep. at right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're just like they're just like shooting people and <laughs> oh, we do get to find out before all that happens is that they apparently have a Star Trek airport. <laughs> Oh yeah, right. That like tell the 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 thing that just like zooms them to the planet, which they can see in plain sight. Yeah, like it's 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 huge. It's like they're going to the moon. Yeah, but it's only like on the basement or like mid level below the station. I'm guessing it's a you know a, a video feed. Okay. <laughs> I just think it's funny. Yeah, when they go into the thing, you just see it like beam a light quickly going over to the planet. That was kind of cool. yeah. That's how fast it moves. Better than Spirit Airlines. <laughs> oh, shit! They're our new sponsor! Oh, Nathan. I, I boshed the whole thing, didn't I? <sighs> well, I guess uh, I guess we can't read this copy from Maxim either now. Oh, well. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, They're looking for Evil Lynn, right? Like, because... Because Piper's like, because Evil Lynn, we kind of glazed over it, but she has like a, she had like a tip that where where they where they were stationed, like the central hub that yeah that messes she with worked the signals. At the, uh, she worked at the cable station where the where the signal was coming from. Yeah, that like basically um, makes everyone see the aliens as normal people. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, she's like, oh, I know where it is. We can like destroy it and stuff. Or no, she actually says, no, no. The TV studio was a no go, pretending that that's not oh, where it is. Saying that the the, the signal uh, from the studio studio was clean. Yeah, it's clean. But they must be pegging backing off it or infiltrating it somehow. Yeah, and they yeah. they find Evil in. And again, Evil when they find her, she looks none concerned at about anything. No, <laughs> she's like they storm the newscast. Um, after shooting, was it they sh- they shoot two security guards? Yeah, and then the drunken hobo uses his teleporting watch to get away. <laughs> That's the greatest sentence you've ever said. Yep. Again, this is why this movie is perfect for our show. <laughs> the drunken hobo uses his teleporting watch. Right. Thank you. Uh. Validation. Um. So, why do I... I have a note here that says, so they are the internet? Qua? I don't know either. Well, that's, that's Nathan's random note of the week. There we go. <laughs> Let's figure out the context. <laughs> but they do... Um, there's, they finally start to make their web to the roof, and that's where Evil Lynn finally does her heel turn. That's a double cross. Yeah. And poor Keith David. Yeah. yeah. He technically killed off screen. Yeah. yeah. Well, we don't see like the impact of the of the kill. Yeah. Just the gun to the temple. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And his uh, his like shocked reaction for like a millisecond, and then boom. Hmm. Jalapeno. <laughs> you see, that was a line he said in Gargoyles. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been uh, that would have been uh, quite a, quite a reaction. Small and rough. Jalapeno. I've been shot by Evil Lynn. <laughs> Goliath was killed by <laughs> Evil Lynn. Jesus My Christ. fanfic come to life. Or Spawn was killed by <laughs> Evil Lynn. I mean, well, that's how Al Simmons was made. Yeah, Michael J. White was in this movie. <laughs> um. Oh, I forgot that we watched Spawn. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we head to the roof. This is where mm. the transmission is coming from, and uh, they're looking to destroy the the satellite. 
uh, of Roddy. Oh, exactly. Because <laughs> um, you got to get Joel down somehow. Yeah, right? sorry. sorry. So they didn't know about the Hamdingers at this point, so. <laughs> That's what um, Forrester's doing. He's just sending out aliens to take over Earth. <laughs> yep. Oh, he's calling us right oh, now. Shit, he's going to send us a bad movie that. after this. Dr. Forrester, it's good to hear from you. It's been a while, yeah. How's Frank? <laughs> that rapscallion. Yeah, it's good, it's good. You, you brought him back to life. I hear, I see King is doing really well. Oh, she's, uh, it was canceled. Oh. oh. Oh, that's, it's too bad. That's too bad. Look, look, okay. Well, let's, I'm going to get past that. Um, this, was this your idea? Sending out aliens to take over? No, it wasn't. Oh, bad movies, right. Drive humanity insane. Oh, yeah, well, that's right. Well, you it's good that you recognized that their plan was slightly better. I blame you for the demons of Ludlow! Uh, he was unaware of that, he's saying, and had he known, he would have used that, because that probably would have done the job. Look, Clayton, it's been great talking to you, pal, but we gotta get back to the podcast, okay? All right, be- be- best of Pearl. Okay, thanks. Bye. Good, nice guy. Yeah, nice guy. Okay, I wonder how Bobo's doing. I- I'd have to ask Pearl about that. Okay, well, we'll just wait till the phone rings again. Well, I'm never talking to her. I'll let you know. Um, so, <laughs> so the ending. The ending. They they do. Uh, the satellite does get destroyed because. Because uh, Piper shoots it with a gun. A <laughs> tiny gun, by the way. Yeah, after he shoots Meg Foster. And then shoots the satellite, and he flips off the cops one last time. Because, yeah, because he, he basically sacrifices himself, right? Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. He, he's there for the explosion, and he gets shot, too, I think. Yes, because uh, the, the, him flipping off the cops is like his final act of defiance. Yeah, yeah. and I yeah. love what follows this. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> Gloria, you look like shit. <laughs> so the, yeah, and now everyone can see the the aliens in clear sight, and we get the most like gratuitous final shot <laughs> with nudity. Well, there's before that, yeah. uh, they there is another cut to a television show where somebody's talking about the George de- Romero and John Carver. George Romero and John. They need Car- more restraint. The, de- the the depravity of modern cinema. Oh, and apparently that's John Carpenter's swipe at Siskel and Ebert. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. They like he admitted that was his like that was his reference to them. Well, they yeah. and they, they didn't they care for this one either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not as obvious as like Mayor Ebert and Godzilla just wanting food, <laughs> but. And then, of course, their gratuitous boobies at yeah. the end. Yeah, rare, rare. All the plot holes before. Yeah. But the gratuitous boobies now, Steve. Uh, and when the, uh, what's wrong, baby? <laughs> That's how you end a movie. I, I also I also think it's probably the only time I've ever seen a movie where there was just, like, nudity just for the, like, right at the very end, but not any other time before that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Tacked like, on nudity. Yeah, he's like, got that R. <laughs> <laughs> I think they had that R several times during the fight scene. Oh, yeah, and with the, well. with the cursing and stuff. <laughs> Dirty motherfucker. Oh, there were lots Which of F-bombs. They, they made that reference, uh, I remember, on South Park yeah. when... Jimmy and Timmy they had, had their, their fight. fight. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the the uh, what was the, I'm just quoting the name of the episode. It was called Context Cripple Fight, right? What it was called? The Cripple Fight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, uh, Jimmy actually says to Timmy, "You dirty motherfucker." <laughs> so, I, was anyone else surprised? That, I mean, again, we're not watching this for the first time, but is anyone else surprised in general about how like not gory this movie is for a John Carpenter movie? It's pretty bloodless. Course, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, even the gunshots, you don't really see anything. Oh, and like we said, Keith David is technically killed off screen. I wonder if it was PG-13 until Piper and Keith David started dropping F-bombs and Carpenter was like, oh, whatever, I guess I'll put tits in it now. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> my, my, if I'm, if I'm going to get the R, I might as well lean into it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> can we get squibs? Oh, everyone's gone? Okay, well, the lady, how do you feel about taking your top off? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, some. I'll just put the clapper over here. <laughs> it's very autistic, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's integral to the plot. <laughs> it sounded like he... Yeah, that's the ticket. Wait a second, why is Tommy Flanagan the director? <laughs> okay, well, that's They Live. That's They Live. Yep. So, I think across the board, we're here for this. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I yeah. recommend this movie, Absolutely. 100%. But again, people, this movie has a few flaws it's, it's not, not as good as you remember from 10 years ago yes yeah it it's it's not as great as your hipster cousin dis- describes it <laughs> and not received well at the time no no not at all but it is a cult classic for a reason exactly because who knows guys 10 years down the line the haunting of share i can't finish that sentence <laughs> Yeah, they don't all become cult classics. Maybe we should uh, take a brief siesta and be right back. What were they thinking? What Were They Thinking is brought to you by HostGator. HostGator is a leading provider of shared, reseller, VPS, and dedicated hosting solutions. Award-winning support is available 24-7, 365 days a year via phone, email, and live chat. Discover why over 9 million websites trust HostGator. Use the coupon code SCHLUCK for 25% off your first purchase. That's SCHLUCK, S-C-H-L-O-C-K, for 25% off your first purchase. What Were They Thinking is brought to you today by GameItAll.com. Whether it's video game news, the latest in music, or movie reviews, GameItAll.com is your one-stop shop for all nerdy talk. What Were They Thinking? We're back! Yes, we are. Oh, hey, guys. Yes, Brendan? It's uh, it's time for the low haiku. Ah, yes. Let me put on my glasses. Whoa, 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 whoa. And, oh, whoa. let me take those off. Oh, okay, bring, bring, it, bring it down there. Bring it down there, Brian. Bring it down. Me? Get, yeah, getting a little excited there. I, 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 that was, that was, I believe that was Ryan that got a little no, excited you, there. You were the one making all the woo. Oh, I apologize. Okay. I apologize. Jalapeno. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> so, uh, Nathan, what is the low haiku? Well, the low haiku is uh, 17 perfect syllables to describe uh, the movie we just spent, you know, the better part of over an hour or so talking about. Uh, we've said our piece on it, but we feel there needs to be that that perfect stinger, and the low haiku is where we deliver it. So, Ryan, as our guest, would you like to begin? 
Sure, I would like to start with this lo-fi asimer haiku that you guys are starting Don't up you're here. Don't you lean in a bit? Lean okay, in. yeah. There you go. A little yeah, more low, yep. lo-fi yep. there. Okay. There you go. Perfect. All right. All right. You ready? Lots of mouth noises, though. Okay. Mm, yeah. Mm, yeah. Are you guys re- Hold on. <coughs> whoa, okay, whoa. that was... Sorry. Yeah. I had to get that cleared. All right. Gulp. Let's do this. Evening dreams obey. No thoughts but to consume and hey a long fight scene thank you thank you thank you oh thank you thank you thank a you, thank sudden you. jarring shift in tone much like mm. the film yes yes very much but fitting very, very, appro- very yes fitting. very appropriate yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. thank yeah. you nathan would you like to take the next one yes okay <clears throat> this was a satire oscar for roddy piper formaldehyde face feel I hit the important beats with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, 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 okay. Wish I could deny. Wish it was outdated, but still relevant now. Good, good socio-political oh, commentary yeah. on your Don't, part. Can't you just think about how things are things, man? Right. We all took a different, uh, different approach on it. I enjoyed that. All but, valid. Yeah. All valid, though. <laughs> <sighs> ah, there we go. Okay. All right. <laughs> I get ah. headache when I do that. Yeah. yeah, you put those glasses on for too long. Right. Hey, you need some of that uh, gas that Dustin, uh, Dennis Hopper had in Blue Velvet to get back in the groove of things. <laughs> not as far as he did, but just to, just to, uh, not to be so comatose. <laughs> uh, well, before I start yelling out "Mommy," um, we should probably uh, do move on to our next segment because Nathan. We talked about this movie. We did, yeah. But what do we always say? Well, we always say... Don't take a word for us! That's right. Don't take our word for it, but um, I think... This is this it totally is a, can. Yeah, yeah can. this is this is a kind of a first. Well, not maybe not a total first, but it's a rarity. This movie is fresh on both accounts. Mm-hmm. Uh, critics, eighty six percent. Yep, and it's certified fresh. Yep, and the audience is at a seventy nine percent. I feel, and I think most of the critics ones are modern reviews. <laughs> yes. I feel like most of the negative ones were written around the time. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, uh, yeah, that's what we got. So shall we dive into this? Yeah, let's. All right. Well, the first one here comes from Phil Hode of The Guardian. He says, The film was responding to the start of the U.S. Rust Belt and Reagan-era consumerism, but its themes of working class subjugation and omnipresent media control have only become more pressing. Okay. Well, I got uh, Desmond Ryan here from the Des- uh, Desmond Ryan Gilbert, right yeah. from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Mm-hmm. Um, he's probably just snobby because Roddy Piper's in it. It's not an ECW guy. <laughs> uh, as a movie, they live is lethargic. Uh, as election propaganda, it's terrific. <laughs> I was thinking you were gonna be like, where was nine one one? uh james kendrick from the q network film desk says a smart movie wrapped inside a dumb movie 
Yes, yeah, that's, that's a pretty yeah. apt description. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see here. Jeffrey M. Anderson from Combustible Celluloid says, With Carpenter's clear widescreen direction and his skill and enthusiasm at their highest peak, this is a masterpiece. Review written April 26, 2016. Aha. High praise in the future. Yeah. Um, this is from Steve Newton of the Georgia Strait. Says Carpenter should stick to what he's good at, scaring folks, and leave the political satire to spitting image. Oh, okay. <laughs> that I, I I feel that that movie may have actually uh, that not movie that review had been written around the same time of the movie because spitting image was a thing at that time. Oh, yeah. Wait, what is? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Uh, Spitting Image, it's, uh, you know those, uh, I don't know, they're like uh, British latex puppets okay. uh, that were done caricature style, uh, mostly of, you know, political and uh, public figures. Uh, look them up. Uh, DC Follies, I think, would have been the American equivalent. Um, let's see here. Oh, <laughs> David Sterrett from the Christian Science Monitor. Yeah. Nothing but uh, good here. Yeah, well, yeah, sometimes they're they're pretty on point, uh, I gotta say. But this one here says, Too bad director John Carpenter doesn't match his tantalizing premise with snappy, thoughtful filmmaking. Long stretches of the movie are trite and silly. Mm. He's not wrong. Hmm. But, it, like, technically. <laughs> Especially, well, I mean, that whole first act. Yeah. The whole first yeah. act's not great, guys. Nope. Nope. Um, and then I got, I've got one one last one here for our, our old friend Ken Hankey of the Mountain Express. Oh, friend of the podcast, yeah. I, I'm guessing. <laughs> we'll have him on one day. <laughs> um, as is often the case with Carpenter, Carpenter, the concept is better than the execution. So he's not a John Carpenter fan. Well, let's, I mean, let's unpack that just a little bit. I mean, we did joke about it in the in the opener. He's got some misses, oh, that's yeah. for sure. He has a, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's, I don't, and, mm, I want to say just as many, but I don't think just as many as he has hits, but it's close. Yeah. Especially if we're including, like, box office flops. Mm. Because even and this his one, good ones didn't thing, do well. This one here, and I don't know if this is been applied uh through festivals or re-releases into mm-hmm. theaters or something like that the budget on this was only three million okay. and it made 13 million oh so it did it didn't flop no it didn't but it's it, they 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 opened the the descriptor of the uh, the wiki article saying the film was a minor success at the time of its release Okay, Ten, so maybe yeah. three million is like an estimated thing then. And it originally received negative reviews, criticizing its social commentary, writing, and acting. Hmm. However, like other films of Carpenter, it later enjoyed a cult following, and eventually became recognized as a largely underrated work. It's kind of like how ha- it's kind of like what happened to Prince of Darkness. Oh wait, oof. <laughs> <laughs> moving on uh should we go into the audience yes let's <laughs> all right cool let's read some audience reviews because i have one from and this is how he writes it mr andre locust he gives mr. this movie f- 
Andre Locust. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. He gives this movie five stars, and he says, "Hello, reader. I find the They Live film to be a to be a entertaining film, and that is why I own the DVD." Oh, okay. <laughs> Just want you right. to know. Yeah. Um. Uh, Donald E. Uh, wrote B movie royalty classic 80s sci-fi. If you're looking for Academy Award winning performances, then don't waste your time. But if you like sci-fi B movies, then this is for you. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh. Stan M is uh maybe uh, mm, Stan M is an interesting sort of fella. He gives us a three and a half star rating. Mm-hmm. says the part that everyone misses is that John Carpenter apparently knew that aliens were actually living among us just as he depicted in the movie we're not alone and some of them look just like us this uh-huh. is a documentary okay <laughs> well Milo T Milo no Milo oh, T okay. uh gave it uh, two stars mm-hmm. uh the general idea is good, uh, but the B-series treatment eats a lot of points. I think that's the best part. It, it mm. kind of is. Yeah. The yeah. campiness is what makes it super enjoyable. If the whole movie had been like the first 30 minutes, I think we'd be still talking about the movie, but in a much different light. Yeah. So that that switch, while jarring, <laughs> did did save it. <laughs> Definitely kicks it into a higher gear. Yeah. yeah. Um, Stephen B gives it three stars, and he says, "I don't know why he put too long didn't read because there's no other big comment he wrote." But anyway, um, satirical <laughs> satirical look at brainwashing in modern society. Chessy fun. 80s action film with a weird but surprisingly interesting plot that is almost a satirical look at brainwashing in modern society without taking it too seriously. Plus, it's directed by James Cameron. Wait, James Cameron? That's what it says. <laughs> what a movie that would be. Uh, so, there's... I got one here. Um, and it's anonymous. Uh, because they <gasps> oh, gave shit. it two stars. Anonymous. No, I think the most of the folks involved with Anonymous would be on board with this movie. Okay. They would think it's real. Yeah, you know, lizard people and everything. <sighs> we made this. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, they live while we sleep. Uh, two stars. Fun, if heavy-handed premise. But not enough is done with the seeing behind the surface. And the movie is otherwise slow and spends too much time on long, drawn-out fights chases and walking around yeah fair yeah uh andy g gives it four stars and this is exactly as he's writing it they love is a classic (laughs) sci-fi horror movie (laughs) i knew it Uh, they learn they (laughs) learn uh bell a drifter coming into town bell yep that's that's his name is okay. finding out that the sunglasses these people have in boxes, I can see the aliens that are controlling the city. Good classic action. Roddy Piper and Keith David star in the movie. B, 1988. <laughs> okay. I just imagine, like, there's a town with a bunch of glasses. <laughs> I can see the signs all around. I can hear. 
<laughs> I can well, hear you. <laughs> because of glasses. <laughs> uh, bonjour. Bonjour. <laughs> hit musical starting right now. Oh, Roddy. Uh, Piper and the Beast. Make it happen. Uh, Mason G. Gave Piper, five wait, stars. Sorry, hold on. I just have to say one more thing. Piper and okay. the Keith. There we go. Piper and the Keith. Piper and the Keith. <laughs> Piper! Okay, we're really getting off here. Oh, uh, damn Mason right I am. G. <laughs> Yikes. You really love this movie. And then I came. <laughs> oh. um, Alright, calm down, Mansukas. Um, Jason G. gave it five stars, and he writes, Although this movie is fictional, it displays what our society as a whole is like today. Whoa. Right? That's it like blew my mind, man. <laughs> that's pr- that's pretty deep, man. It was ri- it was written after October seventeenth, two thousand eighteen. So. Well, that was the time when the truth should have come out at that time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got one more. Uh, okay. It's from Kenneth G. He gives it Kenny four- G. <laughs> Kenny, yeah. Well, does he does it with a saxophone? <laughs> guys, we have to take him seriously now. It's Kenneth. Okay. <laughs> He's it's a different Kenny stage G. of his career. He's moving on. <laughs> up to the big house um he says again so many typos in these reviews forgot star wars here's la in 1988 content entertaining but action scenes not from another world p.s they had homeless people oh. <laughs> they, they what no idea Okay. Kenneth G is uh Kenny G. Yeah, the the the, the fame has uh, messed with his head. <laughs> I think that wraps it up. That's good. Yeah. It's solid. All right. We, well, we, they told us we we they we were made aware that not only now do they have homeless people, but they had homeless people in the eighties as well with their own shanty towns. Yep. Yeah, and then and then Will Smith and Martin Lawrence drove through it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Carelessly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, well, let's move on then. Uh, let's uh, let's find out. Let's get a little hint ski as to what we're doing next week. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop a little hint for you. Okay. So next week, obviously, we're doing a uh, wrestling event. We're gonna be talking mm-hmm. about a wrestling event, and here's your uh, little hint. Mm. It's a triple dance. Okay. There we go. So, with that being said, uh, Montrose, is he there to uh, to say a little hello? Yep. Hello! It's your good friend Montrose here. And well, I do appreciate uh, that you had me on for that Spice movie. Um, I feel I would have been better fitted as a guest for this and uh, also your next uh, episode, but I am a busy chimp and do not have time for such things. Uh, but I do have time to invite you uh, to my YouTube channel, Montrose Monkington TV. If you do like what you see there, you can head on over to my Facebook group, uh, Montrose Monkington the Third Esquire and Friends, uh, and also follow me on Twitter at Montrose the Third. Uh, that's the number three. Uh, D. Uh, Mr. Gilbert, uh, it was nice to see you, uh, and uh, thank you. More later. Wow, I got to see Montrose too. Awesome. Yeah. It's a big day. Yeah. Banner day for you, buddy. Yeah, man. Yeah. In person. In the flesh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in the fur. Yeah, in the... F- oh, oh, God. 
That sounds sounds like a weird remake of In the Cut. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, that's dirty. (laughs) Or like uh, like what Happy Time Murders was originally called. Oh, (laughs) what was it originally called? Oh, it just sounds like in the fur. Might oh, be the title. in the okay. fur. <laughs> that said, uh, the name of the the porno that they were shooting backstage. <laughs> oh God, uh, I forgot about that scene. The first part. I love that movie. Oof. Oh, it's so fun. <sighs> well, um, Ryan, 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 Ryan. You'll be back next Brandon, week. Brandon, Brandon, Brandon. What that? Yes, <laughs> you, I will. <laughs> but I, but I still want to thank you for joining us this week to talk yeah, about no problem. this. This uh, was a very, very fun experiment uh, for your podcast. Like. They live. You're going to get a lot of blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's a great movie. Yeah. You guys put a great lens to it. You know what? I am going to, uh, if I see anything, because I'm super on top of social media. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) I'm constantly right right there every single time there's a tweet. (laughs) Um, My response is going to be, watch it again. Yeah. Watch it again. And none of us are saying it's like, Bad. bad no but it's, watch it's it just... with a serious critical eye mm-hmm. it's got flaws that's all we're saying yeah. <laughs> a few <Yeah. laughs> first 30 minutes are bad trust us mm-hmm. <laughs> but then roddy piper and keith david will keep you entertained yep. that's right unless you uh, don't like six minute fight scenes <laughs> Who but um I mean... yeah so again thanks ryan and uh yeah. now i guess uh i guess uh i guess i should uh Plug the show. Ryan, do you have anything to plug as well? Uh, nothing. You can just follow me on Twitter at SlackerWriter. I got okay. really nothing at the time being, but okay. there's that. Yeah. Well, send send your nudes to Ryan on Twitter. Okay, cool. Slide, slide into, into his, his DMs. Yeah, <laughs> slide into his dirty mouth. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, and, of course, you can find our podcast all over the interwebs. We're on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. All that good stuff. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at WWTT Podcast. Search for us on Facebook. Just search What Were They Thinking. You can find us on uh, Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash WWTT Podcast, as well as T Public and Redbubble. So, with that being said, Nathan, I guess I just have a few questions for you. Oh, do you? I do. Yeah. Okay. Give her a shot. Okay. Well, in a, in a movie, mm-hmm. it, we're takes a long time to get going yes and in a movie that when it does get going makes a very jarring turn mm-hmm. in roddy piper's character right and right in a movie where i mean sunglasses allow you to hear things right like on your eyes mm-hmm. that that make your ears work right like that's what we're saying I get the question, yep. I've like that, 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 uh, And in a movie where... Hold on. The sunglasses thing. Right? That's just, what were they thinking? I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I can see all obstacles in my way. I think I can make
Hi, this is Tony, the host of the Flix X-Ray podcast. Each week, I am joined by guests. Hello. Yo. Why, hello there. Hello. Hey. Hello. Hello. And we have a roundtable discussion where we dig deep and X-Ray a bunch of our favorite films and some really terrible ones, too. We really like to go back and take a look at films that may be forgotten, maybe in the past, and still lovable films. If you want, you can follow us on all the major platforms, iTunes, Google, Stitcher. If you want to find out more, you can find us online at www.flixxray.com. And you can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram if you want to reach out to us. Good night, Internet.